Welcome, folks, to a special episode of the Complete Guide to Coholint. Uh, Ryan is here. Ah, Zach, like every time. I, I I hope so. You're the one that edits the podcasts. Uh, Zach is here. Uh, we're gonna do J. You didn't just say you're the one that is the podcast. I said edits the podcast. Although I'm sure a lot of our listeners feel that way. You're the one that edits the podcast. I am the one that edits the podcast. I don't think you would like it very much if, like, I cooed the podcast and said, but you still have to edit it. That'd I, be. I've yeah. brought on Retta as my co-host. <laughs> I'd listen to that. <laughs> <laughs> you trying to get her to care about this game. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh J15. Um J15 is the tile with the mermaid statue. Yeah, there is a statue of a mermaid. We're in the south-ish part of Martha's Bay. Uh one quick note before we jump into the statue is that on the opposing shore there's a little bush with a seashell underneath it, I think. Yeah. Yeah. That one I know. And that bush is kind of important because it might be your way to see the, or yes, it is your way to see the mermaid statue before you get the hookshot. Because only with the hookshot can you actually access the side of this tile with the statue on it. And so you see, you get that secret seashell and you see that mermaid statue and you're like, I bet there's something interesting to do with that mermaid statue. Yeah, And there is. There is uh, certainly some interesting stuff. Let's talk about the statue here. It's a statue of a mermaid. Yes. Uh, that is of the mermaid Martha, whom we've met before. It is a statue of her. And in fact, when you check it, it says, The Morning Mermaid. She's mourning. By Shul. And, and then, then it she... says, question mark? A scale is missing. Uh, Shul is our friend, the artist, the alligator artist from Animal Village. Yes. Uh, so now we've got this weird interconnected thing where these dif- disparate characters in the game have relationships with each other. Yeah, and it's good. Yeah, it's extremely good. To When a game does a thing where, like, the characters don't just exist in a vacuum or as, like, props for you to interact with. Like, they're doing right, things right. on their own in the background with each other. And the that... world has history. Yeah, that's, that's good stuff. Uh, it's weird that, like... Um... Because Link to the Past didn't really have that, as we've said before. Yeah. Now you get to this game where, like, they take the time to develop these uh, characters and make the world seem lived in. Ironically, this is the game that has the best excuse not to do that, because we're going to find out that these characters are all figments. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, and this is too bad. We're going to talk about it more here in a bit, but, like, the lessons they learned doing this definitely informed games going forward. Yeah. Uh, we'll get into that in a little bit. Uh, there's a I scale. I don't know what you mean by that. I've I got some stuff, tell me when we're I got some stuff to talk about. Oh, good. Phew. You put So there's a scale missing in the statue. Yes. Which I don't know how that would look physically, but, uh, okay. That's one of those, I can't conceptualize that visually, so I just have to say yes, okay. That's a game construct I can get behind. Okay, well, I can imagine it easily. Go okay. on. Exp- okay, ex- explain it to me then, because I don't... Okay, imagine, like, a bunch of scales. You got it in your head? Kind of. Okay, imagine that one of them is gone. But how would you tell? Well, okay, go on with what you are saying about this tile, Zach. Okay. There's a scale missing. There's a scale missing, uh, and you eventually acquire a scale from the mermaid. An actual scale. An actual physical scale, not a scale made out of stone. Yes. 
you can place that physical scale into the statue and that statue then moves to the side yes like you're in indiana jones or something quite uh and there's a passageway down yes and there is a cave underneath this cape on the bay uh where you walk around and you get damaged by something you can't see yeah it is a seemingly empty room but you will take damage if you're walking around this stupid game cheats it's like it's damaging me for walking around it's broken yeah take this back to toys r us and get a refund uh, but you, then you walk deeper into the cave, and on a like pedestal of rock, yep. like the pedestal with the flying rooster's bones or the eagle key, here you have a magnifying glass. Yep. It is the ultimate goal of this sequence of events to get this magnifying lens. That started with uh, doing a crane game for a Yoshi doll. Yep. Uh, go ahead. And then uh, when you walk back out of the cave with the magnifying lens on your person, now you can see the monsters that occupied that cave that were damaging you before. And when you go around the island, you'll be able to see things that you couldn't see before. And it's not a ton of things, but it's enough things that it's neat. Yeah. Um, The enemies there, I just want to point out, are three slimes and two of those arm mimics that I think only otherwise show up in the Dream Shrine. I think you're right about that. Isn't that weird? I was thinking about that when I was looking at this, and I'm like, that's odd okay kind of creepy i wonder if there's a connection between the dream shrine and the martha and the mermaid statue or something hmm. maybe shul's ancestor created the dream shrine <gasps> maybe I, shul created the dream shrine we don't know it's possible uh what's shul's sail maybe sail did the dream shrine doesn't that, seem like his speed no not at all that's why it's interesting the magnifying lens is kind of like a precursor to the lens of truth. Yes. In a way that a lot of the things this game does are precursors to things that Ocarina of Time does. Yeah, yeah. The whole thing, the whole exercise here, This, I guess we can talk about the trade sequence as a whole. Uh, at Covering this podcast the way we do, we've talked about the trade sequence from about every other possible tile. Yeah, yeah, yeah. On its own. And it's hard to take it as a whole, so it's good here to, to, to talk it out just really briefly. Well, uh, let's see how fast we can do it by going one at, trading spots, okay. trading steps. I'll start? Okay. I already started, so I'll I'll say the thing that I said. Okay, say it. Uh, you get the Yoshi doll in the crane game. Uh, you take that Yoshi doll to Mama Sha and give it to her baby, and she gives you a ribbon in return. You take the ribbon to uh, Chiao Chao or whichever... Uh, chomp that is and she gives you a can of dog food you bring that can of dog food to sale who says he likes to collect them but in all actuality he devours it whole he gives you bananas which he has a lot of you take the bananas over near canalette castle and you give them to kiki the monkey she builds a bridge with her other monkey friends and leaves behind a stick you bring that stick to uh, Taryn, who is trying to get a beehive out of a tree he knocks the beehive down but gets chased off by the bees and the beehive is now yours you take the beehive to Animal Village to the bear chef, and the bear chef gives you in exchange a big old pineapple. You take that pineapple to the mountains where to, uh, Papal is uh, famished. Uh, you give that to him so that he can regain his strength and return home. He gives you a hibiscus flower. You take the hibiscus over to Animal Village again and give it to Christine the goat, who gives you a letter. You deliver that letter to Mr. Wright, uh who then return, has only a broom to offer you. 
you give that broom to Grandma Yahoo, and she gives you a fishing hook that she found. You take that fishing hook to the fisherman that's under the bridge by the bay. Uh, he uses that to cast and acquire a necklace. It's definitely a necklace. Definitely you a necklace. You give that necklace, not anything else, to the mermaid Martha, and she gives you one of her scales. You then, Ow. As previously stated, you place that scale in the statue, which gives you access to the magnifying lens. And the main, uh, the you know, the central thing you use the magnifying lens for is to read the scary book in the library that gives you the instructions on how to uh, navigate the egg at the end of the game. Yeah. Uh, yeah, basically, that's the, the gist of it there. Um, this whole exercise is a concept that became a large part of Zelda games going forward. Ocarina of Time has a similar trade sequence involving getting the big Goron sword. Mm -hmm. uh, that, touching back to what we were talking about earlier about characters that suddenly have these relationships with each other, that trade sequence is one where you find out that several characters whom you had seen separately are all related to each other. There's, oh yeah. There's the whole family of That's what you meant. The carpenter and the carpenter's wife who has the potion shop and then their son who gets lost in the woods. Like it turns out there's this whole family thing there that you don't know about otherwise. Isn't yep. Angie and Angie's related to them too? I forget. It's I believe so. So like Ocarina of Time is kind of triple dipping here. They're taking the concept of the magnifying lens, the concept of interconnected characters and the concept of the straw millionaire thing. Wow. But it's, you know, it's not to say that's bad. It's just learning from your, hey, we did this thing before. We could do that again even better. Yeah. Um, I want to talk about Straw Millionaire itself because I didn't really know too much about the actual, like, folk tale. Um, so I wikipedia it like any good podcaster. Uh, and the one thing I wanted to point out is that this, this version of it on Wikipedia bears some pretty, like... Maybe I'm reading too much into it, but there's some kind of like uncanny resemblances to the actual trade sequence here in Link's Awakening. Okay, well, uh, that makes sense. So, in the according to the Wikipedia version of this Japanese folk tale about a man who had a piece of straw and then traded it upwards to become a millionaire, mm -hmm. uh, he starts off by having a piece of straw that he uses to catch a fly that he gives to a crying baby. Oh, there's the thing, a baby. And the mother gives him something in return, but she gives him oranges okay. instead of bananas. Uh-huh. I don't know. That's as far as it goes. But I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> the, crying the crying baby thing and then oranges randomly. I'm like, okay, maybe they were like, we can do the crying baby and let's do bananas instead of oranges. Interesting. That's as far as it really goes. But okay. I was like, that was very interesting to me. I never, I never sought out the actual original version of that folktale. Uh, that's all I have to say about the mermaid statue. Okay. Um, well. Can we talk about, uh, different tiles? I was going to say a less interesting tile, but that's rude. All tiles are equal. No. You said before, <laughs> you were very gung-ho about declaring the most boring tile. Yeah, but that tile was so boring that it was exciting to me. Well, okay. Well, the next tile is boring <laughs> in a boring way. How about that? I, I, I'm going to disagree. We'll see what happens tomorrow on L11.